Good morning, Mike. Christchurch straight to level four? Uh, no, not at all. Look, we don't have the information to make a risk assessment on that. They're assembling that. These cases came in late last night. So we have got some information on them, uh, which means there are obviously questions. We should have answers to some of those questions later in the morning. Are you worried? Uh, any cases that pop up outside of the you know, alert level areas where we've got some containment, um, yes, they do worry me. Uh, so what we know so far is that we're dealing with two cases so far. One who was in Auckland uh, has been back in Christchurch for somewhere around about a week, um, potentially infectious for a period of that, but has been unwell and so therefore may well have been isolating at home anyway because they were unwell. So we'll know more about that. Uh, both cases are unvaccinated, uh, and so uh, I think there's at least one other household that's been identified with close contact, so they'll be working to, uh, to get in touch with them to make sure they're isolating and make sure that they are tested. That's about, the inf- that's about the extent of the information I've got at this point. OK. Other announcements or sort of announcements you did or didn't make yesterday, what have you guys been doing? I know you're busy because you've got too many portfolios, but yesterday, the schools, I got nothing from you. Maybe it's the 15th, maybe it isn't. Why haven't you been working on this? Oh, we have certainly been working on it, but there's still a lot of uncertainty there. And there's well, a lot of well, like what? And a lot of anxiety amongst the parent community as well, who don't want to send their kids back to school and find that schools have, have become sort of super spreader events for COVID-19. You know, when primary schools go back, they will have the highest concentrations of unvaccinated people in one place in the country. Yeah, but, that, but, but all of that was relevant we 10, way 10, 10, 10, 11 weeks ago. You knew all that 10 or 11 weeks ago when you went into lockdown at Auckland. I mean, none That's of right, this is new. That's right. And so if we look at, you know, what are the sorts of things that we're looking for here? Uh, one of the things that we're looking for is vaccination rates and case numbers. So if case numbers stay relatively stable or even decline, uh, that certainly helps to increase confidence around reopening primary schools. If we see case numbers exploding, you know, at, at a greater rate than they have been, mm. uh, then that is then that is something that I think would give us pause for thought about whether primary schools should be reopening. In I, that I said to you the so, other day that you're not going to open before the end of the year. I think I, th- I think I'm right. By the time you guys get around to making any announcement, you're halfway through the term and you're almost at Christmas. It's over. Oh look, if it, you know you, you can make whatever predictions that you like, um, I'm not making predictions at the moment. I don't feel that we've got the you know that, we, that we're in a position where we could make those predictions. If I could uh, give people that certainty, I would. I acknowledge it's an uncertain situation that we're in. What about MIQ? What happened between yesterday and today? What magic have you performed overnight to make the announcement available today and not yesterday? Oh, as I said yesterday, we've just been working through all of the details so that we can answer everybody's questions. Uh, one of the things that we did want to do is set out a bit more of a... So it's not, it's not just that we'll, we'll announce some immediate changes today, but one of the things that we were doing uh, you know, over the last 24 hours is just get, trying to make sure people have a bit more certainty and a bit more of an idea about what the roadmap forward is because the changes we announced today will be the first of a series of changes coming for MIQ. Now, we don't know the timetable for all those changes at this point because no. uh, there's still a bit of uncertainty there, but we want to be able to set out what they're likely to be and what the trigger points for those changes are likely to be, Everyone says which is what I will do later on today. Okay, everyone says it's been cut to seven days. Is that fair? Uh, I think there will be, well, well, I can say we will be announcing today a reduced period of time in managed isolation, uh, and there will be more time in home isolation for people coming into the country. And the overall direction of travel is towards a system that is more weighted towards people isolating at home uh, rather than an MIQ. As of Monday, in Australia, you can leave Australia and you can come back if you're vaccinated and go into New South Wales and Victoria and you don't go into MIQ and you don't even go home to isolate. You just get on with life. How come they can do that and we can't? Australia's situation is different. They can answer for their own um, choices around COVID-19. Our 
strategy here is just to make sure that we are getting high rates of vaccination before we significantly increase the risk of COVID-19 around the country. Uh, and also that we want to continue to suppress COVID-19. We don't want it to run wild and have lots of people dying from it, uh, lots of unvaccinated people dying from it. Uh, and so we do need to still have um, some you know, public health protection measures in place. Antigen testing is available in supermarkets as of next week in Australia. Why isn't it here? Oh, antigen testing, I think, will be much more broadly available. We have got antigen tests coming into the country now, uh, so I think that you will. Yeah, but, but, but not next week, and not in supermarkets. Why is Australia? What I'm asking is, why is Australia so far ahead of us? Why are they so much better? Oh, well, Mike, uh, this is an argument you've made consistently since we began the COVID nineteen. Oh, mainly, mainly because it's true. Well, we have a higher vaccination rate than Australia. No, you don't. We have a lower death rate, lower case rate than Australia. Um, and yes, it is absolutely a fact that there are. Well, what's what's the percentage of New Zealand? What's the percentage of New Zealanders double jabbed at the moment? Oh, we we said it. Uh, I don't have the. Oh, I can give it to you. 70, Seventy-one point seven. What's Australia's double jab vax rate this morning? Seventy-four point eight. They're ahead of us. When I looked at the, the world in data, which records all of the vaccination rates of countries around the world as of last night, oh. uh, New Zealand was still ahead of Australia. Well they're, well, they're not. I'm telling you the numbers this morning. Australia 74.8 versus New Zealand 71.7. We're behind them. Why are we consistently behind them? Well, we're not. Um, and if, if you, I don't know what the data is that you're referring to, but certainly the international... Yeah, I, I use the Ministry uh, of Health. Are they ropey? Uh, no, uh, look, I don't know what data you're getting for Australia, but certainly the data as of last night was that New Zealand continues to be ahead of Australia. Well, what's Australia's number then? No, I think when I looked at it yesterday, for, for the overall you know, first doses, we were sitting no, about no, 75% well, well, No, 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 we're not looking at first dose, we're looking at double vac- Double vaccination, according to your government, Chris, as you've said a million times, is the key to success and the key to freedom. So I do double vaccination. Australia 74.8 and New Zealand 71.7. Well, as of last night, well, uh, the numbers as of this were double vaccinating. I didn't, I don't have those ones oh, right. to memory, but that, but we were ahead of them on that too. But uh, the overall point here is that I, I think New Zealand's response has been very successful. We've had a fraction of the case numbers. Uh, we've had a fraction of the number of people dying. Our vaccination has rolled out at pace. Uh, I don't think that those comparisons are, are fair ones. Marcus Stewart was on our program yesterday, the father of an eight-year-old, William, who died of a six-year cancer battle. They wanted, asked three times to get their auntie to the funeral. Very small family. Ministry refused. Why are you so heartless? Uh, look, I don't make individual decisions on cases. They are made based on a public health risk assessment. That is the way that it should be. But, but a vaccinated woman from Blenheim going to Auckland, what's the health risk? Uh, ultimately, I don't make those decisions. No, I know that, uh, but, but you're, you're representative of the Ministry of Health who are part of the government. You are part of the government. How can they be so heartless and callous? What is it you're uh, looking to achieve? Well, like I said, I, I don't make those decisions. Uh, other people make those decisions, and they do that based on a public health risk assessment. And it's difficult, it's very difficult with these, uh, you know, with cases like this uh, to make comments uh, you don't have the information about the individual cases and why they may or may not have been approved in front of you. Uh, so it, I, I, I would be very unfair of me, without knowing the details of that particular application, to be passing judgment on whether that was a right to call or a wrong call. Here's the thing. Once, once he appeared on our programme, the pressure got put on the ministry who granted her permission to go. So that's not a very clear decision, is it? And then when they granted her permission to go, she couldn't get a plane because there wasn't a plane because it was too late. Like I said, without knowing the details of those, I don't think it would be fair on, on that family or on the people who are making these decisions for me to pass judgment on them without the details of the cases.